0: Welcome to Death Holler, the place of haunted hearts and haunted homes. We welcome you to Death Manor, the home that boasts the most ghosts. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Take a look around. You might see someone that you recognize. Do you hear those voices? That's just the Reverend Dr. Death and La arena They're so happy to see you. Sit back and relax. Make yourself at home, your new home. And remember, when you're in death holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: odds are a made movie for the evening uh poltergeist the 1982 uh spook show film directed by toby hooper question mark we'll get into that later produced by steven spielberg uh, possibly the director we'll get into that as, uh, in a bit uh principal players we got wait but wait, wait hold work. on uh,
0: before we move on to principal players did you know that kathleen kennedy was involved in this film
1: I did not. She, really. I saw it, and I
0: was like, "You gotta be yeah. fucking kidding me!" But it makes sense because <laughs> Frank Marshall was all, all, also involved with the film, and that's her husband. Oh my,
1: oh my lord, that <laughs> that, that it's a bunch of well, nepotism. Uh, at least this turned out well. Yes, we'll, we'll throw that out there.
0: Yes, her older films did good. So,
1: so we got Heather O'Rourke playing Caroline, who is the uh, inciting incidents and the daughter in the movie. Uh, might not know this, but literally before she was hired for this, she played like on um, one season of Happy Days, where she played uh, Fonzie's surrogate daughter uh, through his girlfriend before they dumped the whole thing and had him dump her in the show, and then mm-hmm. he got rid of uh, both the the girlfriend and the daughter of the whole. You it know, mimics
0: plot real line. life. That that is like that's a real situation. Okay, I could yeah. totally see the Fonz doing that. That
2: seems like a horrible <laughs> character development for the Fonz the phones is supposed to be the guy that's carefree not attached to anything and
0: that's why he fucking let them go
2: yeah (laughs) well when
1: you literally jump a shark i mean that's this i mean happy days was a show that invented that phrase oh my god (laughs) and uh heather o'rourke was also in poltergeist 2 and in poltergeist 3 sadly those were the only major credits to her name because we'll get into that later she died at a very early age of 13 years old yeah uh, we have Joe Beth Williams who plays Diane Freeling who is the cool mom in the movie. She's not a and, regular uh, mom,
0: she's a cool mom.
1: She is a cool mom. She, cool
2: she was smoking <laughs> weed in the
1: beginning <laughs> she, with her she, husband. That was awesome. She's actually uh, really attractive in this
2: movie too. So Yes.
0: She's a babe. Well, <laughs> even she, even she, in the shit pool that she, she was in.
2: Well she had that she had that classic hot 80s babe like vibe and feel and look.
0: Tall, skinny. Exactly.
2: No, just like the the feathered hair, like the carefree oh, attitude. Yeah. She wasn't some stuck up. Like if you look at her through the lens now and you look at her compared to what 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 women like that are like now, they're like insane now and like she's more that carefree, classical like feel type look where she's not taking everything so stupid too, too too serious.
0: It's what moms had to learn to grow to be <laughs> yes. newer moms like and not so much be a cool mom but like not be so fucking
2: yeah, tight butthole.
0: <laughs> Everyone likes a tight well, butthole.
1: I mean, let's just take it one step further. I'm going to jump into the uh, movie just for a split second here. There's a scene in the movie that I did not notice until I was rewatching this because you know as a kid you don't pick these things up. Where the where the construction guys that are coming in to dig the pool are being really creepy and a like, oh on their uh, teenage daughter like really bad. Yeah, I caught that too. And. And like the daughters, basically, you know, she does that thing where she's basically like flipping them off, and then like Joe jo Beth Williams, as her mom, is watching all this develop, and she doesn't step in, she doesn't call the guys out for being, you know, like the misogynistic bastards they're be, that they really are being. Yeah, she's just when she sees her daughter flip the double bird, she's like, "Good on you." Yeah, daughter. exactly. Like she's all proud that.
0: of her daughter.
2: Yeah, which is <laughs> that's how I would to me. Need. That's more of a realistic position. Like, let your kids figure it out. Like, and, she's got this. Yeah, she did. She's like, "Fuck <laughs> off." <laughs>
0: In her, in her Catholic girl fucking uniform.
2: Yeah, but if you were to make that now, she would be a total Karen coming out there and yelling, oh, my God. Like, just. But I, I think th- I think what they did was a way better approach. Yeah. It's like, it like the mom was like, okay, she can figure it out. She, yeah, I was appalled,
0: and then I saw what the daughter did, and then I saw the mom like, oh, okay, they, they fucking got this shit. That, lo- yeah, that yeah. girl's I got mean, it.
2: They didn't take it serious. Like, calm the fuck down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, Joe Beth was obviously in Poltergeist too. Uh, her one of the big movies she's known for is The Big Chill, um, a movie that I don't think a lot of people you know think about. But like for some reason, like and it, I watch this movie all the time. Whenever I was like I, at home sick, whenever I was in school, was the movie Dutch. Does anybody
2: remember that with like Ed O'Neill? Yes, from, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> the the horrible um, dad.
0: It looks like are, are they remake or did they remake this film?
2: What Poltergeist Dutch. I don't know, but that's a that's a good Ed O'Neill movie.
0: What what is oh, it about?
2: Yeah. Uh, so it's about a dad who hasn't really took the reins to be a good dad, and he's and he's a busy, a busy businessman, and he. Uh, I think
1: I think he might actually be a stepdad, and he's trying to work his way into the life of this 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 kid, or whatever, because he he started dating the mom, if I remember right. And oh, you know see, they're it's... in love, or he, he's getting ready to propose to her. Oh, and I He wants to get in with a kid.
0: Uh, I do remember. I thought this, it, yeah. I thought
2: it was his kid. In his. In his. No. His, okay. No,
1: that's what makes it even better is because he's got this big long road trip that he's trying to you know like take this this snotty kid played by Ethan Embry Oh, he right, is a who snotty was in kid. A Can't hardly
2: wait. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember this film. Yes, I used to watch this a lot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you and, can make uh, that movie nowadays. Because there's one point you couldn't, yeah. There's one point he ties him to that hockey stick to carry him around. Yes, it shows. That's that's. (laughs) Oh, that's the. (laughs) That's
0: the movie poster, basically. Yeah, the
2: kid had a mouth on him, dude. I I thought it was a hilarious movie.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I remember that
1: and appropriate to the time of the year. I if I believe right, I believe this is a Thanksgiving film. Maybe one of the few actual Thanksgiving movies.
2: Yeah, I know um, it, I know it's a holiday movie. I don't I don't know quite.
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely there's snow gear and shit like that. So, I mean
2: Well, it's back east too. So, yeah. you got to frame it in that
1: area. Um, so, anyway, she was in that movie, and I, I, just, I just thought that was interesting because I was like, I love Dutch. That's a movie people don't talk about.
0: Oh, my God. She um, looks like a total Karen in the film, though.
2: Oh, does total she? <laughs> yeah.
0: Pull out, yeah, super short, like um, poopy <clears throat> hair. She looks older, even though she, she looks older, but not really. Because, well, I guess this movie, Dutch, came out like nine years or 10 years after um, Poltergeist. So she got a little older, but she does not look the same.
2: Well, she wasn't. She wasn't a giant spring. Oh my god, she went downhill. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah, she
0: did.
2: Wow, that is a horrible look.
0: Okay, let's let's just remember her in Poltergeist.
2: Yes. Yeah. Let's be
1: nostalgic uh, about it. Agreed. uh She was in Stir Crazy, uh w- who was uh, Craig T. Nelson, was also in that. We'll get into him in a second, but uh, Stir Crazy is a pretty good movie, um you know, pretty good comedy that they could, couldn't make now because I'm sure that they would say that it's extremely racist <laughs> for what it's got in Have it. Have you
0: seen that one? Oh,
2: Richard Pryor in it, Richard Pryor yeah. probably went hard in the wind. And
0: Gene Wilder.
2: Yeah. And Gene Wilder. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way they were making any of those. Like, <laughs> Even any Mel Brooks movies, I don't know how they'd pull off remaking any of those. Like, you couldn't. Oh, they couldn't
1: at all. Uh, I don't even think they could remake uh, the, the Robin Hood, uh, Men in Ties. Oh, cause absolutely a- oh kind of yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that film. One of Dave Chappelle's first big uh, <laughs> roles, man. I'd be more worried about getting pissed on. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, she and and then just to throw it uh, out to the horror fans, she was in another movie in 2016 called Within, which is a horror thriller that we was listed on her. I don't know really anything about that movie, but you know, it's just one of the movies she's done recently. Um, we have Craig T. Nelson who plays Steve Freeling, who's the dad and real estate salesman.
2: Coach um, is always a obviously
1: badass. most known for Coach. <laughs> if you're of a certain age, that's the the show you know him from.
2: Yeah, he was badass in Coach. I love that show.
1: It was one of the better sitcoms on at that time. Even as a kid, I like always, I mean, they had enough.
0: Yeah. I always watched it as a kid. I particularly didn't care for it. But. It's
2: it's about sports and a guy who runs a sports team. Yes, I'm aware. But everybody, so but the, the guys acted like guys. So if you're a young kid and you're hanging out with your buddies and you're about sports and you'd watch that, the show was more enjoyable because it was guys hazing each other all day long. That's all they do was just trash on each other.
0: Ah, yeah, okay.
1: And, of course, everybody remembers probably most of that character from that show would, uh, besides Craig T. Nelson would have been Dauber, the big, you know, idiot, you know, blonde-haired idiot that was kind of his, uh, uh, you know, si- assistant coach or something like that who ended up going to be like the uh, the guy r- the, with Down syndrome in the stand or whatever that kept yeah. repeating M-O-O-N, you know, that spells moon. Mm. Uh, D- <laughs> Dauber was a doof. <laughs> <laughs> he played the part well is all i can say oh yeah the guy Nailed actually it. is smart in real life so <laughs> um craig t nelson was in poltergeist too uh he's mr
2: incredible in the incredibles um oh which is the most recent thing you
0: didn't
2: know that no i did not know that
0: yeah he sounds like him well now
2: that you say that i was like okay yeah i i can i see that now <laughs> i never even realized that <laughs> And uh, obviously, he's. Uh,
1: this makes a, his return appearance uh, because he was in The Devil's Advocate, where he was playing. Ext- it's funny he was playing a real estate salesman in this, oh but he plays God. a real estate developer in The Devil's Advocate. Oh well, like character. He, yeah,
0: he leveled up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> even putting a good evil in the process. He
0: was also in a film that I am sure none of you guys have watched, unless you watched it with me. Troop Beverly Hills, a true classic. Oh, God. oh I've I seen I you watch that, that movie. I <laughs> oh, <laughs> love that hate movie. That movie. Oh man.
1: Um, we have uh, Oliver Robbins who plays Robbie Freeling. Uh, he's the son and the scaredy cat in the movie. Basically, God, that kid Mosa was annoying as running fuck. Running away or hiding under the
2: covers. <laughs>
0: I mean, he did almost get swallowed by a tree, to be fucking fair. That shit had to be, that will fuck a kid up. Oh, but
2: the fact that he has a goofy-ass, weird, psychopathic clown staring at a yeah, while that's he's sleeping. That's true,
0: yeah. That's some fucked-up shit. That
2: probably traumatized a <laughs> kid. Here is what I don't
1: understand. He has a cool mom that would have listened to him if he said, "Get this shit out of my room." Yeah. Craig T. Nelson didn't give a fuck about it if it was in there. Or not. Who was keeping the doll in the room to begin with?
2: Like, yeah, no I mean, one labeled it, it, it. See, they, they should they should have framed the doll in some kind of like like your grandma gave it to you. You have to you have to keep it. You can't get rid of. It. They should have gave a little context because that's the whole, the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking the same thing. Why is this doll in their goddamn room if both the kids don't like it?
0: Well, did, was I, I didn't get the feeling that the daughter was afraid of it.
2: Give it time, it would have grown on her. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: <laughs> but Joe Beth Williams, I don't even think the grandma thing would have held with her. She would have been like, honey, if you don't want this in your room, it's getting tossed out. Like yeah. she, she, <laughs> Unless, she, look, okay,
0: wait, wait, wait. But hear me out. Back in the 80s, for some reason, mo- certain moms thought clowns were fucking adorable because Free Free's mom, Put clowns all in the kids' rooms.
2: Because they're psychos.
0: It, and that's the thing is like so what if like I'm just gonna throw it out there. Maybe she likes clowns and put it in there. And if the son would have been like, you know, mom, this is terrifying, I don't like it. Oh, it's okay, honey. It's fine. You're just being scared of nothing. I could see her doing something like that. Like you No, know, if
2: you had any balls now when you're an adult, you'd turn around and buy the most psychotic looking clown and give it to your mom.
0: Oh my gosh. Here
2: you go. This better be in your house all the time too, by the way. I
0: bought it for you with love.
2: Yes. Let me go ahead and screw it into the wall so you can't rip it down.
1: <laughs> so uh Oliver Robbins was in Poltergeist Two. A lot of the, I mean a lot of the cast returned yeah. to that movie. Um Airplane Two.
2: What did, did he the, was in uh, sorry to interrupt? Did the mom return for the for two? For
1: number yeah, two? Yeah, she was in that. Okay. The only yeah. character who didn't is one that we'll get into in a minute with Soldier Daughter, but there's a terrible reason for why she didn't.
0: Okay.
1: Um, real life reason. Right.
0: Um
1: uh we he was in Maximum Overdrive. Uh-oh. Oh, awesome
0: <laughs> just- movie! What is that movie? I feel like I remember it. Emilio Estevez. What I mean, like, it's
2: about it's So the movie's now, if you watch, it's horrible. But when you were a kid, it was awesome. It was about some some meteorite came into Earth, and it was able,
1: oh, to, okay. and something came
2: out and it was able to take control over everything. So what the what the the movie really falls apart is the fact when it takes over the machine gun in the in the jeep and it's shooting everybody. It's like okay. You're kind of it, losing. It fell
1: apart whenever it was taking control of the trucks in general. Mechanically, though, yeah. The premise because yeah, because it was shifting was it.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it was shifting the trucks. Is this so? The idea, like nowadays, it would work big time if you redid Maximum Overdrive of things taking control of computer systems. You could pull it off because nowadays there's no longer shifters for the parking paw. It it everything is electronic shift, so you could actually make that movie nowadays a hundred percent.
0: It I all I know is that Maxima overdrive that uh, green face. Yes. Uh, it reminded yeah, a me of
2: truck. Yeah. Yes. It
0: reminded me of goosebumps. I've I swear I've seen like in Goosebumps maybe it was Horrorland or something. Kind of reminded me of that. There was a image.
2: Well, the thing that got me is he shot it with a rocket launcher at the end and it, and it didn't blow it up. <laughs> it like it it like a flame happened. That was it. If it, he <laughs> it, the whole front of that vehicle would have been blown apart and that didn't happen.
0: Mm, okay. Well, you know, eighties. That bugged 80s. me. I was like, (laughs) that's weird.
2: Like, cars explode and they get shot with one bullet, and this car gets hit with a rocket launcher, and some flames happen, and that's it.
1: Um, The voice of Lisa Simpson was in that movie, too. Got to throw that out there. I mean, the the actress who who, who did the voice.
0: (laughs) In Maximum Overdrive? uh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. she plays like a newlywed in the movie and she's screaming uh, all the time and henpecking yes. her newly you know, married husband. And you can just imagine Lisa you know, Simpson's voice. Oh,
0: my God. Yes, because her husband
2: was trying to take that ring off that one person's hand and he ended up getting yeah. killed. Yeah, I remember that he's trying to get the ring for her. It was a big old I rock.
1: They, I think her husband's name is Curtis because that's how he hears, Curtis, Curtis. That's all she says throughout the whole movie. Oh, God. <laughs> But you gotta remember Max Muller Drive, that was peak Stephen King on cocaine. So I mean okay. that's what you get.
0: Yeah, but was he the director too?
1: Yes. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Makes sense.
2: He's just coked out, like we're doing awesome. This is going exactly how I've envisioned.
0: Pretty
1: and much. He, he's probably sitting there and he's like, Okay, okay, we got Emilio, we got we got him in the you know, the gas station. What else can we have? Oh, we need a goblin face truck. Where are can to get one of those motherfuckers at, you know? Give me some more blow. That's probably I mean literally how it went. Just
2: like <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it.
1: Um, and Oliver, going back to that, was in a movie called Celebrity Crush, which is interesting because it is a – speaking of Stephen King – is a misery-type movie but with a, a, a horror fan who's obsessed with 80s horror films, and she captures the actual Oliver Robbins and basically tortures him.
0: Okay, but to be <laughs> fair, in Misery, that, that writer – was uh, like his films could have turned into movies, so you know.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, his films. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. His books could have turned into films.
1: We understood what you're talking about. Yeah, That's fine. We we were getting there. <laughs> um, we got to put in here Zelda Rubenstein, who plays uh, Tangina Barons. I guess is how you Tangina. say her first name. Tangina. Uh, she plays the psychic and she's, uh, and the horrible planner in the movie. If it wasn't for her, they probably wouldn't have had the last part of the movie, but we'll get into that. Um, (laughs) she was in Poltergeist two and three. Oh my God. Uh, she was, she was in this really shitty movie that, uh, (laughs) from the eighties called Teen Witch, uh, which, uh, I think it's like a musical type thing. Um. She was in also a really good movie, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I love that movie if you haven't seen it. Never It's seen like a documentary art, but, yeah. style, like uh what if Jason allowed people to film him as he was like building his mythos basically, you know, oh. as he was right before he got ready to murder people.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: And uh and then she was in Sixteen Candles. Um and then the last person on the list is Dominique Dunn, who played Dana Freeling. She's the oldest daughter, probably has the least screen time in the movie, and we'll get into that because I have no idea wh- where she went or why. But uh, the the bad thing, and this is the reason she didn't do Poltergeist 2, is that she she died just months after the release of Poltergeist 1. And this is where the curse starts in on this movie. There's a, you know It's one of the cursed films that everybody talks about. Dominique was dating this guy. Uh, uh, it- she was 22 at the time and he he got really obsessed with her and like he wouldn't leave her alone she uh she was actually uh i think on her property like she was trying to get away from him he he choked her to the point that she that he killed her like i mean like in the process of trying to you know get her to come back to him cuz i think they broke up or something like that yeah and so she, just literally months after the movie this this poor young actress dies uh, due to her obsessed boyfriend, and that's the reason uh, she has no other credits to her name.
0: I remember that. Um, what else was I going to say? Okay, so she wasn't in, in Part 2 because she died. Was she in Part 3 as a poltergeist? <laughs> eh? That
2: would have been the best.
0: That would been- really <laughs> haunts the Too party. soon! Too soon!
1: Well, Poltergeist 3 uh, is uh part Plays into the curse a little bit, and and they, and even the director says they should have probably, for you know reasons that happened, shouldn't have released that movie. So if she was, that would have only probably added to the the problems with that movie.
0: Um <laughs> Didn't the girl who played Carol Ann? Didn't she die pretty, like uh, pretty young too?
1: She died at thirteen as she was filming Poltergeist three.
0: Oh. <laughs> Ooh.
1: um they uh, I'll just get into that part of it just skip to the part of the curse on that they were actually filming the movie uh the studio did not like the ending of um of how uh, how things had played out uh they had stopped production completely because you know Heather O'Rourke had passed away and you know like everybody was distraught that it you know was on set. And, you know, even, and the director, especially because he'd grown really close to her, working with her during the movie, he, he mentions in the Cursed Films on Shudder, uh, you know, uh, documentary about how she was actually, you know, she joined him a lot, you know, when he was directing because she was interested in directing later in life. So she was wanting to kind of get in, it like you know, uh, into that, you know, like she wanted to kind of learn from him. And so, he became really close to her, and he actually, you know, uh, at her funeral, I believe he was, like, one of the people that, like, you know, did the eulogy and that sort of thing, but um, he... The studio came back to him and basically said, this ending doesn't work. We need you to film another scene, uh, you know, with Carol Land to kind of wrap it up. And he's like, what are you fucking talking about? You know, our actress died. The movie's done. You know, you get what you get. And they're like, we want a completed movie. You didn't finish it. Uh, our money's on the line. Fucking do it. Holy shit. So, they, he came back, nobody wanted to do it, but they did. They had some girl that you can only see in like part of the scene of the movie where her head like over her mom's shoulder in that movie, which it it wasn't Joe Beth Williams in that. It was another actress. And so that's how they wrapped it up. But he says to this day that he wishes that he had had enough of a backbone to tell them to go fuck themselves because he said that was the one thing in his life that he really regrets is that he gave into them because he said it was kind of like basically pissing on her memory to have to go back and do that scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, after she had just literally passed away. And, uh, and, and the weird thing about, about her death was it was this weird, like, uh, septic event. Like her body was just filled with bacteria from like this, uh, part of her colon that had like burst or whatever. She had like this birth defect, uh, or like, you know, or like, uh, whenever she was born, like part of her colon was like, and, 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 you're, and you're talking like about the young girl. Yeah, because yeah, she they,
0: it was well, diagnosed as Crohn's disease. She well, had giardia.
2: She, yeah, she had she got giardia from a well on the on the family's uh, uh, remote house. So she got a giardia, and then it basically ran roughshod on her. Like giardia would destroy your lower intestine. Yes,
0: yes, yeah, so just like um, well, that, and that's why they diagnosed it as Crohn's because yeah. that's it's you can can't you get like some kind of acute or um, chronic Crohn's. I, I might be saying it wrong, but I feel like there's where it, you can get rid of it.
2: Well, Giardia is weird because it goes in cycles. So, you, like, I think once you get it, it's hard to get rid of it. But It, it goes is, in, yeah, but you it, can. It, but, it go, but it goes in waves. It'll go away, and you think you're fine. Yeah. Then it comes back like a vengeance. But the problem is it reduces your ability to absorb nutrients. So you, you're actually, it starts being a hindrance on your ability to recover.
0: Oh, my God. Well. It, Conge- and they, congenital they, stenosis of the intestine causing septic shock is what her cause of death was listed as. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and, and so basically, I mean, you know, that might have led into it, but basically, from from birth, she had like this twist and like part of her oh, you know, intestines that yeah. never got picked up on anything, and yeah, how because would you? maybe of the giardia or whatever the precipitating factors that basically popped. It immediately like flooded her system with like bacteria, which you can kind of get from like diverticulitis that goes on too long. Yeah, and like and she died almost instantly from it, and she had been misdiagnosed for like months before that. Oh which, yeah, like you said, Crohn's disease. Oof, um, really, really bad way to die. And um, but you know she was she was another one that that passed at an early age. That, yeah, that worked on this you know film. Uh. As far as the, the plot of the movie, I mean, I'm just going to cover, like, broad things. Where we can kind of, like, you know, go into parts we liked or disliked about them. The the movie basically starts out the typical Spielberg fashion. He's setting up, like, you know, uh, the suburbia. It's it, He made this at the same time as, as E.T. Literally yeah, it looked just like it. <laughs> and it's got that same vibe to it, literally. I mean, um, and which, funny, um, Heather O'Rourke, uh, her character was was almost uh, played by uh, Drew Barrymore, who ended up in ET but um, Spielberg, whenever he was cast in both movies at the same time, he's like, no, you're not really, I need somebody, in the, and this is a horrible slap in the face of Drew Barrymore, because even as a kid, how do you how do you say this about somebody? He's like, you don't have an innocent enough look about you to play the character of Carol Ann, so I'm going to have you in E.T. because I think you're a better fit for that. <laughs> I don't know what Drew Barrymore gave was Like she, I guess she just gave him a look like I'm a child actress who's getting ready to do some cocaine in a few years or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Maybe. Oh, my God. It's like he called the future that or he kind of knew what she was exposed to already, which started at a very young age. So who knows?
1: But um. so anyways, it starts out in the typical in this like idyllic suburban neighborhood. You know, you got the guy who's, you know, pedaling down the street with a beer cans on the back. And he uh he drops most of them in the yard as he's like, you know, whisking to, you know, watch his football game. And, uh, the, and, well, but before that, one thing I got to mention, this is the only horror movie that I know of that begins playing, or that begins by playing the actual, you know, uh, uh, the American Anthem. Oh yeah. <laughs> the American national Anthem is playing over the like credits of this movie because that's how it starts out. Wait. Uh, because before that it shows the dog going through the house and picking up like treats and stuff like snacks from all the people, like, you know, a bag of chips from here, half eaten, the dog. This.
2: You know the thing and, about the uh, movie, like just watching the intro, like it, it, watching it, you, you can reminisce of a, a, a younger America from that era Oh yeah, where everything wasn't as bad. Like, and and I like that, but it, it was just funny because I don't think that really happens like that anymore. The dude riding a bike up to the store to get more beer and they <laughs> Like, uh, there were so many factors. And that- it was the
0: kid's bike, too, because that yes. bike shows up later in the film, and you realize it's the kids. And I'm like, oh, okay, he used fucking the, the his friend's kid's bike to go get beer.
2: Yeah, which, it, that's a little inaccurate, because that dude would have drove Hammered to the store to pick up more beer. True story. Especially back then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, back in those days, for sure.
2: Yeah, people uh, people weren't you, really given DUIs a lot of times, even though you were Hammered. Or they didn't, their DUIs are- didn't matter.
1: I agree with you completely, though. It, it plays, I mean, it's like a time capsule of its own. It's like showing like a like a more innocent America, which, I mean, you know, it, I mean, they get into it later in the movie where they have like, you know, the dad, Steve, you know, he's reading a book about Reagan or whatever, you know, kind of bringing in that whole 80s nostalgia way. Oh, yeah. That way.
2: I uh, was laughing. His <laughs> wife's over there smoking weed, and he's reading a book about Reagan who was the biggest <laughs> – one of the biggest anti-drug presidents. Oh, my God. So I was just laughing. But, I was like, "That that's Spacey America right there.
1: But but you got to remember this was before he became the anti-drug president. This was like very early in the Reagan's presidency. Oh, it's like, you
2: know, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that makes a little more sense um, then.
1: So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, I mean, it just, the the fact that, I mean, you're watching it, you're literally hearing the American national anthem playing. It's like, okay, outside of the purge, this is like the only time that I would imagine hearing this song. Yeah. It's a horror movie. Oh
0: my God. Um, It does set it up really well though.
1: And. The only thing I was going to say is the scene with the the you know they're trying to watch football and then the dad gets in a a remote fight you know remote control fight with a next door neighbor yeah. uh, who's trying to let his kids watch Mister Rogers. I mean, that, I don't know. I just love that scene so much just because, like, I mean, I didn't as a kid. You know, obviously, it's like, whatever. I don't know what these people are doing. But, like, it, it's it rings, like, so, like, real. I mean, like, there's an the authenticity to it. Like, you know, just the way that he's kind of, you know, the, the little back and forth between the two of them.
0: Yeah, with the switching. Oh, my God. It, and the kids wanting to watch Mr. Rogers. Really? Come on. <laughs> Who watched, I'm assuming that was the weekend. Mr. Rogers wasn't really playing on the weekend. So, at least not at that time.
2: None of that, but you couldn't change the channel by hand.
0: <laughs> that requires way too much work. This is probably when remotes were just starting to really, like...
2: Oh, it, it is.
0: Yeah, they they were starting to come out, so it's like, no, I want to use the fucking remote. I want to have to get up. What is yeah. this, the 50s?
2: Well, I remember the first couple TVs we had, it was all by hand. There was no remote.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh well,
1: I just want to throw out there that at least in Appalachia, uh, your TV remote was your kid. It's like, hey, yes, you to change the channel, yes. to channel five, or whatever. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: oh my god!
2: Well, I, I tell stories about my wife. Like tell, my, tell, I was telling my wife stories about we didn't have a TV in our room growing up, but me and my brothers had found somebody who threw a TV into the trash can, and we were white trash dumpster diver kids. Like we would always be dumpster diving to find out somebody threw something away we could potentially fix. Well, someone had threw away TV, the top of the antenna thing got ripped off. But like so we pulled the TV out of the trash can. It was in it was in decent condition other than a, a chunk of plastic being ripped off and the antenna ripped off. So we broke it home and plugged it in and it turned on. And we're like, Whoa.
0: We got a TV. So
2: then we we, we we took a bunch of like uh like metal coat hangers and then we rigged it up and we were able to make a like this rickety antenna with aluminum foil and it worked and we're like my, da- I remember my dad was like, "You guys dug it like a trash to the TV." And it's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "He's like, you, it, like, you guys better not leave it around the house when it doesn't work or something like that." And then I remember we brought it upstairs and it worked. we were like, "Hell yeah!" So like, we were bringing Nintendo. It, it was like a, it was like an eleven or thirteen inch black and white TV, but it was like, hell yeah, we Basically have the a-
0: size of a cell phone today. No, i was kidding. <laughs>
2: it, it was smaller than the size of the average laptop screen. Yeah, but whatever, man. We had a TV, so like, I remember we brought it upstairs. We hooked our Nintendo to it, and it was like, "It was like, oh my god, this like, is
0: the dream!"
2: Like, yeah, it was a big deal, man.
0: And now our kids have like multiple Flat TVs screens all in every house. Over like, yeah, like they're
2: they're dirt cheap.
0: Their laptops are co- are connected <laughs> to laptops, and. To be go back into this movie, their remotes will actually change the channels because they're all the same <laughs> yes. TVs, all the same remotes. So if one of the kids wanted to be an asshole, they could totally change what the other person is watching. Yeah,
2: it, like the screens they have their like so they they have smaller, a smaller TVs or whatever that are where their desk are at. So when they when they bring their laptop over there, they just plug their laptop into the screen, so they actually play on a different screen. When they play their video games and stuff. But all the TVs are the same, so the TV in the living room, I could reach over and point it at yeah, one of those screens, on the
0: screens, and just shut it and off. And they could
2: shut it off. <laughs> I do it to my son sometimes when he starts getting loud. I'll reach over and just. Psh, he's like, "Hey, hey!" Like you're the thing. That, I was like, "Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to do that."
0: Oh my god.
1: I've got, I've got a story to kind of match up what you are talking about with the TV. Like I, I had the most uh, white trash setup ever for like the TV I had that I played my Nintendo on in my room whenever I was a kid in the eighties. Uh, I had this big floor model TV that didn't, the picture didn't work, but the sound did. And then on top of that, I had a small screen TV, like you're talking about, about the same size. Oh my God. The the sound didn't work, but the screen did. (laughs) And so between the two I was able to play my Nintendo with sound. (laughs)
2: Hell yeah.
0: Listening to you guys say those things makes me realize that I did not grow up poor. Like my parents said I did.
2: Dude, everything we had, every box of cereal had duct tape on it. Because all the food lockers and stuff would give you like the stuff that fell and got smashed in the stores and they'd just sell them at food lockers. Like, oh my God. we grew up eating that. T- we were so broke growing up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
2: Yeah. But uh, that was, dude, remember the, like, I always, like, I'll get to get, when I get together with my brother and we talk about we just laugh a bit. Like, I remember we f- we figured out how to dub movies. Like, my parents didn't understand the technology. So we we, we ran across a VCR or something that threw away something with the Shocker. Yeah, we're dumpster diver kids, and somebody had threw away a, a VCR in a dumpster, we dug it out, and the bot, like where the cable went in, I got ripped off or something like that. So we wired on a new like we rewired a cable to the back end of it, and I remember we wrapped it in duct tape and we were able to plug it in and got the VCR to work. And then what we did is uh, my parents had a beta. they had get a beta They carried it around in a suitcase. So we went to people's houses, they would pull it out so we could watch movies. It was a big deal. And so I remember we figured out that if you run the beta or the, if you run the beta into the VCR and then into the TV, you can record the output. So we used to dub all the movies from the local uh, video store.
0: Oh, my God. Look, at, <laughs> uh, if you want more stories like this, Blue Collar BS airs every Friday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> hey, there's, there's no, a time and a place for these conversations. There's nothing
2: wrong with being white trash.
0: No, but you can hear more stories like that on Blue Collar BS. Now back to our well, regularly only, scheduled programming. It's
2: still tied into video, the the, <laughs> the whole idea of video and movies.
1: Well, the, the only thing I was going to say on the backside of that, just to you know wrap it up before we get back in the movie, is that that's the main reason why I think that the the. the the Nintendo, uh, you know, entertainment system, NES, was like such a big deal to me as a kid because that was like literally as much as that costed, like to, to whenever my dad got that for me for Christmas. It's like literally, in, you know, there's a new movie with Patrick Harris where they talk about this to a certain extent that's coming out. But, like, it was my version of a Christmas story. Like, whenever I got that, like, I didn't, I mean, you know, I saw this local kid who worked at, like, whose parents, like, owned the grocery store that he that he played the game, the NES at all the time, and that's all I wanted. Like, you know, but I knew, like, my parents were too broke to it, and, and somehow I got it. And, like, I, that was, you know, that's the reason, like, you know, that was such a big deal to me because I knew that, that that was something way outside of what I should have ever expected them to be
2: able to afford.
0: Your parents did a little B&E and uh, stole some kids' <laughs> Nintendo system.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, remember movies and games cost the no, same. No, I remember. They, they cost the same then as they do now. Yeah. And dollars were way harder to get back then. Oh, so yeah. When you dropped $60 on a video game, man, that was some money.
0: Oh, I just remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. So it was hard having a system and not have a lot of games to go. It's basically one game you just played over and over and yes. over. Because it's like we couldn't afford to get another fucking game. So
1: yeah, and you and that's why you ended up renting like uh, Mega Man two for the forty second time from the video store because two bucks at a clip was easier yeah. than sixty dollars.
2: You want to hear some white trash things that we used to do?
0: No, that's for blue collar BS. Back to our <laughs> schedule programming.
2: We used to swap the game cartridges guts out. So if there's a game we'd like, oh, we'd shit. open up the cartridge and swap over the internals, and then return the game back to the store.
0: That would have to be oh some confusing shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, going back to the movie, uh, the, the only thing that I was going to say other than, you know, to like going on the next thing is just, there was a scene with the mom in this. I thought was kind of funny where she like sees, uh, Tweety has died and like, I guess that's Caroline's room or whatever. The little, uh, uh, you know, canary that they have. And, uh, it was like, I just like her line that she says, it's like, Oh shit, Tweety, couldn't you have waited for a school day? You know, like <laughs> basically that's such a, well, yeah. like, I, I can see that. That, like, rings true even now. Like, yeah. I can yeah. see a mom saying
0: that. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and the whole flushing part. My husband and I were watching, and we're like, he's like, that looks like a bad idea.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm watching her getting ready to flush the bird. I was like, of all the ways to dispose of it, throwing in the toilet is what we went with.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, but what relevance did this scene have in... This movie, seriously. I, I I can think of a few ideas, but like do you guys have any like why would what was the relevance? There was a reason this was in the film. <laughs>
1: There's one thing that I can bring up. Uh, but first of all, I want to say that I had this in the show notes, specifically what you were talking about. I said it was probably for the best that Carol Ann found her. Yeah. her to flush it And told her she wouldn't have buried because it would have been hell on the plumbing if yeah. she would have tried to flush that damn bird. It's not it like
2: some poop that gets mashed up and goes its way. <laughs> the bird's a solid piece of matter.
0: She was obviously still yeah. high from the night before.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, even if you're funny, high, Elsie.
1: That's funny. If you remember in this scene that it sets up one thing, which, I mean, it doesn't have to be there for this, but I just think it's a funny little callback. You know, when when she opens up the, the cigar boxes, they keep their, you know, weed in to to bury Tweety in. Carol, Carol Ann makes the comment. She's like, Tweety doesn't like that. It smells oh, funny.
0: Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was thinking the bird smelled. I told, It flew over my head.
1: But the thing that it sets up, and this is such a minor scene that it doesn't have to be in the movie yeah. at all, is that they go out there and they have the whole scene where they bury Tweety in the yard. And then when those creepy guys from the construction company come to dig up, oh, you know, yeah. for the they dig up Tweety. And I that's saw like that, a, yeah. You know, that's foreshadowing for yes, you know, what happens. Yes, big time.
2: Okay. It was, yeah, when I saw that. Also, that's a precursor.
0: Yes, and I was thinking that, too, but I was like, it was so, I don't know, minor. I guess it's one of those blink and you'll miss it.
2: Yeah, it's, easily.
1: It's not nated at all. You're you're 100% on that. Um, the It shows the sun at this point that he's scared of the tree outside and of that creepy-ass fucking clown that, that's in Rightfully the Rightfully so. Um.
0: Even <laughs> before the clone got possessed, that thing was fucking creepy. And I'm sorry, but on this... On this exact thing of that kid being scared of the tree, why did nobody close the fucking curtains? (laughs) I don't want to see this tree. Hey, guess what? Let me tell you the secret. See those curtains right there? They actually close. You don't have to see that Uh, tree.
1: Remember, this was uh, this was a new dawn for America. It was Reagan's America. We didn't we didn't coddle our children in those days. We we gave them fucking huge ass darts, said go out in the yard and throw them at each other. That's the kind of America we lived in at this time.
2: Big time.
0: But the kid could have done it. Like I can understand the parents not doing it, which I don't know seems kind of weird. I yeah, I guess back in the day nobody ever worried about someone. They could also they looking.
2: also could have took the clown out of the room too.
0: That's true, but they didn't. Oh my god. All right, it's moving like face on. Face your
1: fears or don't, but, yeah. but you gotta you gotta man up just kid. take
0: your goddamn ass to bed. I gotta go smoke some weed and blink your dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds like the a good time. Thing, the one thing I was gonna say about this is that the, the Spielberg specifically put the clown and the tree in this movie because those were both fears he had as a kid. Oh so okay. a little behind the scenes for you.
0: Alrighty.
1: Um so you have the thunderstorm that hits that night. The son is scared, you know, like the dad, you know, like the little bitch th- th- he is. This is the part where the, the joints <laughs> smoking the, <Yeah>. the joints. <laughs> I feel real bad for those parents because they, you know, they were getting ready to, to have round two. Uh, and then the son has to come in there and fuck
2: everything up for them. Yeah, yeah. He's,
0: yeah he's a little bitch.
2: <laughs> um, you know what, though, but I, I, in classic 80s fashion. We 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 act like that would have flown, but in reality in that scenario in the eighties, they would have said they would have they would have jumped all over the kid like you better get your ass in your goddamn room yeah. if you know it's good for you, if you don't want to whoop your ass. That's what that, in the reality, that's what would have happened. Yeah, it really but well,
0: see, that's the thing. That was like, okay, I don't like. This is why I don't have any siblings. But I legit slept in my parents' bed every fucking night. I don't know how they stayed married as long as they did. See,
2: that was even an option growing up in our house. Well, like, yeah, the,
0: you guys had. There was three boys. There was no way that was gonna happen. I was an only child.
2: Like we all knew, if there was a problem, you don't tell your parents because you can get your ass whooped. They don't, it regardless of how legitimate the concern was. You better keep that to your goddamn self. I knew that
0: because my mom was mean in that aspect. But I I just didn't sleep in my room. I just did not do it. I slept in their bed all the fucking time. I don't even know how old I was. I'm assuming I was somewhere between 10 and 12 when I started sleeping in my own goddamn room. Yeah. (laughs) And then I get mad that I'm an only child.
2: You had it so good. You had two rooms growing up. I
0: I had, that was on top of my parents' room. I slept in their room and I had two bedrooms of my own.
2: Oh, man. (laughs)
0: Oh, um, it was a hard life
1: and <laughs> a hard knock life. Yes. <laughs> uh, I gotta co- make a comment on this scene too. It, it, this is something that I'm sure people get upset about nowadays, which is is ridiculous. The moms re- is is stoned like reading a cookbook, and the dad's <laughs> reading the book about Reagan. Yes. And like, I mean, like the you know, I could hear somebody make the comment gender norms, and of course, the mom has a cookbook, okay. and you know. <laughs>
0: In Re- reality, she yeah. probably just had the munchies because she was high.
2: You, you know how true that is. Like if you were if you were to go in a room like when it's close to me, and the old lady go to bed, and you would look at the two different the things that we were interested <laughs> in. My wife would be over there watching TikTok cat videos, <laughs> and I would be watching something about like in philosophy. Yeah, philosophy or finance or studying like. Political trends, I'd be doing stuff like, but that's, that is the reality of the situation that that is more true than you think.
0: It's what nature draws you to.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree at all and I didn't find it, you know, uh, at all. Like, I mean, out of the norm, it's just, I saw that and I'm like, yeah, the, I, I'm sure somebody would make a comment
2: about this. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, Oh, look at them fucking oppressing her.
2: Yeah. Smoking <laughs> weed, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, you know, the
1: kids, even after the dad has the conversation about, you know, count the thunder and lightning and, you know, that's why you can tell if the storm's coming closer, moving farther away to kind of help alleviate their fear so they can go back and, you know, bang their mom again. Uh, (laughs) They still end up in bed with them. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's, you know, unfortunately the night was ruined for the parents, but that's how things go.
0: Well, you know what they say, (laughs) thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening.
1: Um. The, that night, Carol Ann, you know, uh, it, which she's already done this once in the movie at the beginning of it, where she, you know, uh, talks to the TV and disturbs the parents right at the beginning of it and the rest of the family. But this is the famous line that everybody remembers from the movie, where, you know, while the, the TV kicks on, or, you know, after it kicks off the, the national sign off or whatever for the night, you know, which is a thing kids nowadays probably have no idea what that was. But, you know, TV channels actually shut off for the night and you could not watch anything with the static. Um, while the static's playing, she goes over there and starts talking to people on the TV, and that's when she gives that creepy line: "They're here," you know. So that that's a pretty famous line from the movie and a pretty famous scene. Um, you know what gets
2: me is I I don't know if you if you touched on it or you are going to touch on it is the guy who's the, the developer of the we'll, of the we'll house probably
0: get to
1: that oh yeah we're we're going to get in the tague yeah, yeah yeah he's a uh, uh, that guy's uh, a classic,
2: uh, whole, uh, like cult horror icon.
1: Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in uh, Return of the Living Dead. I mean, that that movie's the what? the only movie I can
2: say in my life that scared me so bad that what? like, I mean, <laughs> he was in both of them. He was in Return of the Living Dead, and then um, the, one and two. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and he played this, the the same sleazy for the same character. Yes, like that that that's that horrible. Like horror movie, like person, like he, the, the, the worst of the worst type of guys.
1: Yeah. He was uh, the scumbag that, you know, kind of like the eighties. I'm all about myself. I'm yes. Gonna, you know,
2: big time. I mean, he's, li- he's
1: literally a grave robber in return of the living dead too. I mean, that's yeah. what he does. Oh it, Lord. Yeah. It's um, just,
2: he he's, has a iconic type of, of role.
1: Well, since you brought him up, I'm going to mention this. This is behind the scenes. So he was a spokesman for a big time, like, I guess this goes back to, I, I don't know, well, I don't know if it was a chicken, you know, company or something like that but it was some kind of i know it was a grocery store that's what it was he was a spokesman for a grocery chain and did like the 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 commercials and stuff for that before he got poltergeist uh, you know as a movie and that's what started his acting career he got so many threats uh after he did this movie because people hated his character so bad and the company that he worked for prior the grocery company did that they had to drop him as a spokesman
0: it's a movie what oh my god <laughs>
2: I hate people.
0: they
1: cancel culture way before it became popular. Folks. Oh yeah,
2: well, it's always been around to a degree.
1: well, it's the same thing that happened to uh, Linda Blair. I mean, we brought that up on the yeah. Exorcist. I mean, she literally got death threats as a child because people thought she was possessed.
2: what? Oh my God
0: we call well, it was called the Satanic panic and that was a real thing. And it happens in cycles, and we explained it on The Vivich. if you want to go back and watch. Was that our, no, that was like our number two or three uh, episode, huh?
1: Well, we talked about Satanic Panic there, but I think it was House of the Devil that we delved into the whole phenomenon. We talked about Satanic Panic multiple
0: times, yeah. But that
2: sucks. The the guy's trying to do something to further his career, and so he, he picks on a role, and then it has these giant ramifications where it actually loses his other job. Just I, because
1: he's a he's a shitty person in the movie doesn't
2: mean an that he actor. In he's an act <laughs> the whole idea of acting is to get you to believe. That means he did a good job. Oh my god. A really good job.
1: And he and he's got that face too. I've got to throw it out there. Oh, he's yeah. got that smug look about him. The that's face like, you okay, wanna hate. A- yeah. <laughs> um so anyways, in this scene, there's that massive energy release from the, the vortex above the bed. And like in the next day, like the dad's talking or he's mentioning it to, to somebody. And he's like, did you feel that six or, you know, he's on the phone with somebody. And yeah, 6.5. Like, 6.
0: How do you yeah. know the fucking on the Richter scale where that shake was?
2: <laughs> he's a smart. He's a seismologist.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: In addition to being a real estate agent. You know what got me is it never addressed a burn mark it created on the wall. Oh, yeah. it just act like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Like, yeah, I don't I don't I know mean, if you saw that in, on the wall after it hit it. There's a giant yeah, burn mark. Yeah, there's like a
0: hole or something like, like that. Like a burn mark.
2: And when well, the mom comes in there when the dog's barking at the wall. And she the dog even...
0: was praising Jesus, okay?
2: Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want to spin it. The dog was possessed. But no, but the dog's even in there barking at the wall. And she goes in there and stares at it and she doesn't even bother walking over and touching it or looking at yeah, it.
0: Yeah, she's like just look it's funny because she it looks like she's lost. Like she's looking up and around, like, what are you looking at? She's and I'm that like, high. do you not see the huge hole, the gaping hole? Unlike the one you probably have, you whore.
2: Wow. <laughs> Kids just falling out of that thing.
0: Yes. Cannonball.
2: <laughs>
1: Here's our next child plomp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that goes into the next thing I was going to bring up. I mean, like, the mom, this is at the point in the movie. I mean, this is right after what we talked about earlier when she was the cool mom with the construction work- workers getting creepy with her daughter outside. This is the scene where Carol Ann's, like, talking to her in the kitchen, and all of a sudden the, the, the chairs are moving, and then they did the thing where they immediately stack up on each other. Yeah, that was and- pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I would be scared personally. Like, I wouldn't be staying in that house after that. Yeah,
2: but- I, this is how this would go uh, with my wife. We're leaving now. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't even try to sage or bless no, the No, I,
2: I know you. You'd, it'd be 100% we're leaving.
0: We're fucking gone.
2: No, this, that's a serious statement. It would go like that.
0: Okay, but to be fair... Give me at least this. If I showed you the chair sliding across the floor, which I would not do because I'd be out of the fucking house, but if I showed which you that, would you movie, at least yes. believe me?
2: Yeah, but <laughs> I'm like, we got we ain't going anywhere.
0: You're like this, there's a scientific explanation. He would stay in the house and we would probably be divorced because
2: <laughs> you be, you would be making TikTok videos with your friends if that happened.
0: Not in the house.
2: Oh, I don't believe that.
0: I'd be like playing creepy music, explaining <laughs> th- over I my think, expensive I, mic. Like, I
2: think you'd want to leave, but you'd be messing around and making TikTok videos or crap like that. I don't that.
0: think, I don't think I would. I get bad feelings, and I'll, I will escape. See, I even do it in my dreams. That
2: would be an awesome promo for the show, right there. What? That if that was real, you could like <laughs> an intro clip with that.
0: With what? Me explaining how I'd be fucking no, gone? No,
2: if that was happening. Like, never mind. You, you oh missed what God. I was saying.
0: Anyways, yes. So that's how that would go.
2: Yeah, I could so. hear you already. <laughs>
1: So the scene where the, the chairs are sliding, like we talked about, I mean, that, that's the very next scene. So it goes back to what you all were saying. It's like, if she didn't see, if she didn't acknowledge the thing on the wall and she didn't acknowledge the chairs stacking up and the fact that she was, she thought it was cool that the, the chairs were sliding. I mean, there was nothing that phased cool mom. I mean, yeah, she didn't give a it shit. blew
0: my mind that she was like, look at this is awesome. And the husband was like, oh, against the wall, like. <laughs> He mean, was, his thought, mind was blown.
1: My thought coming into that, before I even realized that they were insinuating there was something supernatural pulling that chair, was the foundation was bad. And that's what oh. I, that's as a dad when I would have come in, I would have been like, "Oh shit, what's wrong with the fucking foundation?" That's yeah. That's what but I then
0: they have his daughter slide across the room, which I think solidified that there's something else going on, some kind of centrifugal force that is pulling this child, you know, in the area. Which my husband would get really scientific into it. I would have
2: pulled a level out. like yeah. where well, the floor is nice and level. Like what's going on here?
0: Measuring tape. Bring out the calculator.
2: Oh, serious! I would have like went <laughs> Start down. Start marking I, shit. I would have. I would have down a rabbit hole I've got a laser out. Yeah, you'd get
0: a laser light to like <laughs> I would have
2: I would have been all over trying to scientifically prove oh, what the hell was going on. Oh my
0: god and I'd be out here with my cross and my holy water and my my fucking salt.
2: <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Uh, I
0: I
1: would have probably been a combination of the two because I don't I don't I I don't like when shit the the chair stacking I would have been like let's go we're we're getting a priest or something this ain't happening in my place but yeah as far as the you know the chair sliding I would have been the opposite I've been like what's wrong with the fucking foundation we we bought a another piece of shit house like we had before (laughs) I'm gonna have to spend thousands of dollars fixing this (laughs)
0: 100% would have fucked it up for the next family because I would have been like to the ghost you know how people tell ghosts to leave or poltergeist whatever they're like you don't belong here you need to get out i'm like you can fucking stay have the house It's yours um i'm gonna go have a good time i'm not dealing with this shit and then the other people would be fucked because i had just invited the guys to stay in the house
2: oh you invited them to follow you
0: no 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 they can't follow me i'm leaving you stay is what i said <laughs>
2: Well, we'll get
1: into the follow stuff later because that ties into the sequel, which we we're going to briefly talk about. All but, right. Uh, so the scene, so the the just to go into the movie aspect, movie making aspect, the the chairs like moving across the floor. That was just a very simple special effect they had, where they they did it to where they had like one the, like a wire type effect that you could barely see, like underneath the, like the floor, and then they had like the way the floor linoleum or whatever or tile was designed. They it was like a, perfectly over like a split in the. Top. Or at least like the grout line, so oh, that they okay. could pull the wire basically through that grout wire, or okay. where that grout was at. Oh, yeah. So that, they, that
2: you could easily pull it. that off. Yeah. Like if you if you grounded out the grout joint and cut a small piece of wood and hauled out the core, you could you could slam it in the joint and then made an apparatus that slid in within it.
1: Yeah, and they and they did the same thing later. Whenever they did the stake, like as it was like inching its way across the the countertop. They had the same exact scenario set up. They had like the cutout underneath the, the tile itself was like, you know, grouted out to where they could just inch it along, you know, along the grout line. So pretty, pretty simple, but it's effective for what it is. Yeah um so and then and there's that scene after that where they're trying to talk to the neighbor and see if he was experiencing anything supernatural and he just kind of gave him a look like you fucking dopers what the fuck? well yeah <laughs> they, they could doing. not fucking
0: get the, it was that was an annoying scene because they couldn't get the words out they like just fucking say it and then when and they, they kept
1: giggling yeah
0: and he's like "You're high as fuck and like he really was he he was like Well, what do you mean by anything weird happening? Weird shit goes on in this house all the time. Have you seen my wife? You know, I don't know. (laughs) You get it, but...
1: But uh, and then of course that night there's this huge tornado that happens. The sun gets swallowed by the tree while the parents are distracted trying to save him. Carol Anne gets pulled into this vortex that opens up in her closet and and then she this uh, and then there's a scene in the movie where like the bed she's holding onto the be- bed frame as it's pulling her in and like it stretches out you know trying to show you just how much force is being exerted. Which by the way if you're thinking about this logistically her arms would have dislocated way before that would have bent the way that it. But let's let's just you know suspension of you know disbelief there for a second. Well,
0: it looked like okay. This is me and I and I could be overthinking this, but when I was looking at the bed frame because I too was wondering, okay, how is this bending? What is it made out of? It looked like it was made out of that wicker material, which was popular in the eighties. Wicker chairs, wicker oh, it, the yeah. headboard. So I was thinking that it was just made out of wicker, and in that case, her arms wouldn't have broken. That's the logical <laughs> explanation. I mean. I wasn't really overthinking it so much. It just looked like that to me. So I'd have to watch it again, though, to be sure.
1: It's just something, I mean, I was watching and I was like, I mean, yeah, it's cheap metal or is what it's meant to look like. But even with that,
2: I mean, like her arms were way more forgiving. Yeah. And, and
1: flexible.
2: There's a little than, than girl's arms, made. yeah. I don't know about that because I remember times growing up, we'd be hanging from trees. Like we'd have one of our buddies hanging from a tree and then we'd hang from our buddy. And I don't. I don't remember our arms ever dislocating in that apparatus. I mean, you're you're talking about a ninety pound kid with another ninety pound kid hanging from him.
0: Okay, how many well, times were you being sucked <laughs> into the vortexy abyss?
2: Oh, that was like <laughs> once a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, about once or
1: twice a month, whenever. Uh, yeah.
2: When you're white trash, that stuff is super common.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, because that, that's the only way you can get houses if they're built on you know, Indian burial grounds. I mean, that's just Not a, for that a price. Thing. yeah. Yeah.
2: Giving these things Uh, away,
1: (laughs) which got to make a note of this before anybody you know come you know has any comments about it. This movie did never it never established that the the this was an uh, Indian burial ground. Actually, Teague, the guy we just talked about, made a point of saying that it was. He said it's not an ancient Indian burial ground. You know, he even says that in a later scene to to steve uh, you know the dad that you know it's it's not you know it's just it's just a regular cemetery you know and it's which you know. that
0: plays out in the film because if you look at some of these corpses that play out come out in the film they're wearing they're they're not they're not native americans they, some of them have pearls and like lacy like i don't know just like these the type of clothes that they're wearing and the jewelry they have with them and everything it's not native american even the stuff that fell through the wall
1: I just bring it up because it's one of those things that, you know, got into such the, you know, the the mindset and, you know, zeitgeist or whatever that like numerous films throughout the rest of the 80s had the, you know, ancient Indian or Native American burial ground. as like a, a setting. Yeah. I'll reference Poltergeist as a reason, but even, but Poltergeist specifically does not have yeah, that. Yeah,
0: they do not. There's no way, which is pretty funny. <laughs> That's just, that is racist right there.
1: <laughs> really?
0: They just want to blame the Indians for everything.
1: (laughs) Well, and here's the reason why it probably happened. I got to bring in a little bit of discussion of two on this. Two had a Native American shaman, uh, which I don't think that's what they call themselves, more medicine man, but like, had like him. Come to you know, follow the family, and you know, um, and try to help them cleanse their because they're being. It's it wasn't just that they that it was in the house. The spirits, because of this convoluted story that they tack on in part two, uh, with this Reverend Do- Reverend Kane, who was this uh, you know old time uh, doomsday you know uh, uh, evangelist, basically who said the world was going to end in eighteen whatever, which is a real thing that happened. There was a lot of preachers at the time that did this. Uh, he took a bunch of his congregation out to the area where you know the the Freeling's houses was, was house and the subdivision was built on. He went into this underground cavern, and all the, this is on the second movie, mind you. And uh, he kept the uh, people there, think waiting for Judgment Day to happen. When it didn't, he wouldn't let them leave, and so they all basically starved to death and died underneath the the, the place. And they were the reason not the, just the people that were in the cemetery but it was the, the the you know the the spirits of the the congregation of Cain and Cain being the the one that they reference as the beast in this oh yeah he was the one he was the one that caused all of the the problems in the house and and he saw Caroline as a way to find uh power again and be able to you know influence the world again and uh outside the spirit world so that's he follows her in the second movie yeah. and then that's where the 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 native american you know shaman uh comes in um uh, and and that's maybe where they got the confusion at with the indian burial ground stuff but it, it's not in either movie so yeah. just throwing that out there Alrighty. um <laughs> And the guy who played Reverend Kane, well, I'm going to throw out some more stuff about the curse since I brought it up. The guy who played Reverend Kane. Now, granted, if you watch the movie, the second movie, he looks emaciated. He looks like a walking skeleton. The guy had just been diagnosed with, like, this extreme stomach cancer. Oh, shit. So the fact yeah. that he passed away before the movie was ever released... You know, kind of makes sense. He is a creepy-ass-looking
0: motherfucker. He looks like that um, cryptid character that is probably on Creepypasta that everyone calls the Smiling Man.
1: Yes. Yes, he does. And, um, then the, but the, the weird thing is Damn. the, the, the guy who played the native American, uh, you know, medicine man in the second movie, he actually died, uh, shortly, uh, after filming that movie of, of complications too. And, um, so, I mean, that kind of fed into the whole, you know, curse
2: part of it. Um,
0: the curse continues. If
2: I, I mean, yeah. Me look at if Kathleen can... Kennedy. She ruined the entire star oh. Wars franchise. Oh.
0: <laughs> The curse uh, continues.
2: Yeah. Things are still dying. <laughs> uh, let's
1: see. Uh, he, yeah, he, uh, within two years of filming the sequel, the Native American actor uh, uh, died of malnutrition and post operative kidney failure. Ooh. That's kind of weird.
0: Holy shit.
2: You ever, and- so many people died from stomach related issues.
1: That's true. That really is true. I didn't even think about that.
2: Yeah, it's it's all it's uh, like a, a a a framing that falls within that.
1: Um, the only one who didn't, and of course, this guy died years later. So I don't know if you can even link this into it. People just throw it in there because it's coincidence. But if. The th- here's the thing, if you, if you go to a movie and then, you, you know, uh, now granted the way this guy died, I can see why they linked it in, but if you watch a movie, you can, I mean, eventually everybody in that movie is going to pass away so you can keep throwing, you know, stuff back on it. But uh, an actor named Lou Perryman who played a small role in the original film, uh, you know, the one we're discussing, uh, played a character called Pugsley in the movie. I, I don't even know what character that is. It's just something I came across whenever I was doing the research for this. He was actually murdered in his own home by an ax.
0: Oh, shit.
1: (laughs) But it was like decades later. So, I mean, you can, if you want to lump that in due to the nature of how he died, then, you know, I, I can see that. But the fact that he died decades later, I'm like, that's kind of dumb. I don't know how that, you know, really ties in. Um, Richard Lawson, who we've not got to yet, but we're going to. I like to call him Ray Parker Jr. Uh, yeah. because he's the the you know African American black actor who played the 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 paranormal researcher in the movie. He looks like the guy who sung the Ghostbusters songs. What I'm trying to say, yeah. At least to me, he does, he does. He, he does. You know, to heart
2: back to what you said about that whole idea of like you know everybody eventually dies in a movie. That, that's the whole reason that you should. That's that's the reason that when you make a good movie in an era. It encapsulates that era, so it doesn't matter when you go when you go back and in, in, from the future and watch it when you're in the future and you watch it, it gives you a framing of the era and what people were like. I think that's the biggest thing about movies that's amazing, because you can go back all through history that what, since movies were started, and you get to see the progression of like people in general. And I think well, and, and
1: culture, and yes, and really see the culture. You know, yeah, for sure. Um. But Richard Lawson, the character who who played the you know paranormal researcher, I don't know. They threw this in there as the curse, too, But uh, and I'm just bringing it all up at the same time. But he, he was on a flight in 1992, about 10 years after this movie came out, and the flight crashed, killing 27 out of the 51 people on board, but he survived. So wow. if there is a curse, it didn't affect him.
0: Ooh, he got lucky. Wow.
2: Well, the, the curse don't want to be known as racist.
0: Oh, it was, it was, for, it was foretelling.
2: <laughs> Man, we could be canceled over this. Let's be careful. Play this one close. <laughs> um, But
1: so, and we'll get into why they think the movie's cursed and all that, but I, I do want to throw out there that several people associated with the movie uh, are very pissed off at the fact that they even think there's a curse to this movie. Uh, Zelda Rubinstein in particular was one that went on record saying that she was adamantly opposed to anything about there being a curse on the film. And, uh, and she was, uh, actually angered by people who made that comment. And one of the production designers, uh, said that it was a more of a slap in the face of like, you know, Heather O'Rourke and, 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 uh, Dominique Dunn to, you know, take their tragic loss at a young age and then try to, and then throw this in there is like you know it's some kind of supernatural thing it was you know he he made the argument that it was just you know this unfortunate thing that happened and you're trying to kind of demeaning their 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 lives by you know lumping it under this supernatural origin okay are they
0: doing that or is this just creating more (laughs) press and more excitement to watch the films because everything we've ever heard of that may have potentially had a curse we're like ooh, we need to watch that and we need to like talk about it you
2: think you'd lean into that as as the producer or the, or the director of the film like lean to it. He's like, yeah, there might be a lot of validity in that. It, Only
0: you, after the films are made. If while the films are being made, obviously, I, I would agree with the producers that you don't want that kind of press. Because, no, but
2: as time goes on and they be, they become forgotten, that's a good way to re-drum up excitement. Yeah, about hey, the,
0: remember that curse that we had on this, you know?
2: Yeah. You, you well, think that'd be like a, a marketing point.
1: It, it, it really depends on the person because there was an old-time uh, movie producer uh, uh, Castle, uh, you know, was his last name, who made the original House on Haunted Hill. He operated entirely upon like, you know, building up the stuff around his movies. I mean, he he was one person that that parked like an ambulance outside the the movie theaters trying to say that you would have a heart attack during the movie, so, you know, you and and have you sign waivers before you went in, you know, to to say that he was free of, you know, any kind of legal you know, issues if, if you did just to drum up business about how scary his movies were, which they really wouldn't. But I mean, like he would have leaned into something like this for sure. Yeah. That's that's good marketing.
0: Yeah. Oh, William Castle (laughs) was his name.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But in the movie, you know, we get Carol She's the, the we was talking about the, the, you know, rubber, like, you know, uh, bed frame or whatever. She goes into the vortex parents can't find her. And that's whenever they hear her voice come through the static and the TV. And that's whenever we bring up the part of the movie. That's all about the paranormal researchers and, and, you know, them trying to investigate. Um, and it's, I, I like the scene where the dad's like, you know, he's talking to him at first and he's got like the dark, you know craig t nelson has got the dark circles under his eyes yeah he's he's looking horrible (laughs) and uh they're sitting there and they're talking about it you know they're giving him all this shit about how like we saw a whole buick like you know move over the course of like 17 hours yeah Yeah. i
2: know (laughs) really yeah if you you couldn't see it with your naked eye but if you put on a time lapse and i'm just like okay
0: (laughs) oh my god and then he just looked at them like "Uh uh-huh check this out
1: I get that look, that look is just so perfect. He's like his face. He's just like, "Really? Uh, okay, yeah. Open the door. Look in there." <laughs> the only the only thing that I don't like about this scene when they open the door and the stuff's flying around the room, it's one of the worst effects in
2: the movie. You oh, Come on, it was it.
0: 1982. Like yeah,
2: come like. on. There was VHS in the market. Come on now. <laughs> what are we talking about?
0: It looked re- <laughs> Okay, on a non-high-def television, on a little 11-inch fucking garbage black and yeah Dumpster that TV. looked
2: fucking amazing <laughs> well, the funny thing i was laughing there was a part in the movie where it shows uh, a a clock or what was that it had some kind of number but it was my is my number my employee number from oh the place yeah I worked.
0: it was uh in the middle of the night when uh well 237 in the morning uh when when the tv was just about to go to static and he's like hey that's my employee number
2: Yeah, it was weird. I I seen it. I was like, uh. Let's not
0: not play the numbers. We're not going to do numerology up in here today.
2: Yeah, but I was just thinking it it was 82. I was born in 82. It's my employee number where I work. I was like, holy shit, this is a little too close to home.
1: Yeah, you got some vivarium stuff going on with that. I mean, that's like, you know, here's your uh here's your grave that you're digging for yourself. Go go dig some more each day. Yeah. Your spirit oh.
0: number for your employee number would be three because the two and the three is a five and the plus seven is twelve. One and the two makes three. So that's the What's number you have. What kind to be. That's kind of logic is that. Numerology.
2: It's crazy talk. Yes, it is. And if you look at the movement at this angle, at this time of day, at this night, you could potentially see this, and it looks like this. Three <laughs> is a type of yeah. trinity
0: that gets uh, that gets mocked by, by Satanists or people who believe in dark entities, so you got that going on.
2: Really? Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> so you married the devil?
0: No. I'm just saying.
1: Um... There's the scene where uh, the lead researcher tries to contact the entity and then Caroline's presence passes through Diane and she's got that whole scene where she's like, that's my daughter and all that.
0: I can smell her farts.
2: (laughs) She broke wind right in my face. My mouth was (laughs) open. That's
0: the the
1: funny thing if you think of it that way, for sure.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Smell my daughter. It's like, what?
0: Yeah, I was like, here, smell. And then the lady's like, yeah, it does smell like her. Like, bitch, you have never smelt her before. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying I'm glad maybe she was like yes I'm so glad you you feel like that's your daughter uh we're going to find her
1: And uh this is around the same scene that like the uh, the lead is discussing with Robbie about the other side and how uh <laughs> uh, you know, should not go to the light because she's still living. And you know, they're in the, the, she gives like the background saying that the reason the ghosts are there is that, that she has been the light. That's like, you know, distracting them from the one that's finally appeared for them to move on to the other side. And, um, which is something they, they, Something weird that, that that Teague brings up that they don't bring up in the movie at all is whenever he's discussing with Steve about how they, you know, they moved the cemetery and, you know, that's the big reveal of the movie. Yeah. Um. He, he makes this passing in common. And he's like, Carol Ann was born in that house, right? And Steve agrees with him. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, are you trying to insinuate that like Carol like her being there has always kind of like, you know, is the, the culmination of all this? Hold but they on. don't really, they, they don't bring it up.
2: D- this is where that, that I heard that statement and the first thing I thought of was like, that development's all brand new. That, da- <laughs> their, their daughter's about eight years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any chronological timeline <laughs> events because they're in the middle of developing. Development happens quick.
0: Yeah, um, but they well, were—they went in phases. They specifically said. I know, but phases are never done that, in an yeah.
2: eight-year range. Phases are done like one to two-year spacing. Now
0: or back then? Back
2: then. Even back then, they had less standards and regulations. They had yeah, uphold, that's true. So they were just pumping out houses.
0: I don't know. Especially
2: in the, in the early 80s when the housing demand was through the roof.
0: You know what that's called? Semantics. No. It's... <laughs>
2: It's called consistency. Like, don't. Yeah,
0: they, but no, don't don't think about that shit. Think about other stuff.
2: Okay, I'm just just
1: I, I, I don't this, dis, I don't disagree with you because when I thought it too, I was like I was sitting there trying to like, do this the, the, the chronology of the whole thing in my head. I'm like, wait, how long have they been in this development? Yeah, I like was I was thinking I was thinking, I was
2: thinking they've been there for like two or three years at the max. Like it's all brand 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 new. It's so brand new <laughs> that no one's let grass look like shit yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that that's the second movie that they show that whenever they they go back to the neighborhood and it's completely abandoned because of what happened in the course of this movie
2: oh yeah I can imagine <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, yeah so they're, they're talking about her life I, 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 I just bring up the thing about her birth is because I'm like are they supposed to be insinuating with that line because they never bring it up again is that like you know that's reason A that Caroline can talk to them is because she was born into this and like you know heard the spirits from like even I guess you know the womb or whatever, uh, which, you know, wh- what about other kids that were maybe born around the same time as her in the subdivision? Um, yeah. Or if, if it was just the fact that, you know, she, I don't know, like her being born in the house, like was the light that, you know, that distracted them. And that's kind of what led to the manifestation of the ghost or whatever. I, I don't know if they I were mean, insinuating with well, that they really, did it, but they throw that in there. The
0: the, cra- the crazy little short lady with the kid voice did explain you know why they were attracted to her she's the life that they wish they have but they can't and but they also kind of i don't know they kind of went side off with it by saying but they don't know that they're dead and it's like okay they don't know they're dead but okay. they want her life force let,
2: <laughs> let me throw a whole yeah. wrench in that whole analogy that they ran with because I, I i started laughing internally so <laughs> by that analogy of the movie is that when you die you never go to heaven you're just sitting in a coffin
0: um, you, no, 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 you can get trapped, which is, and they did, they did really clearly say these people either got lost or they didn't want to go to the light or something else. So, uh,
2: so what's the ratio said, of a graveyard of people that get lost Oh, like 90% of people never make it to the other side then?
0: Well, it depends on how many people they keep burying and how big was the cemetery. We don't know because this whole plot of land was,
2: well, I'm just saying though, but just on that one plot is almost like a hundred percent. Nobody went to that the other side.
0: I guess so. Yeah.
2: I know, but do you understand where that really gets a little convoluted when you're trying to tell the story?
0: <laughs> I guess, but don't think about that. Think about it's, other shit.
2: It's not as convoluted
1: as saying that there was a, a evangelist preacher that, like, you know, drug all of his congregation underneath a <laughs> cave beneath the, the settlement. I mean, that's a that's a whole other complication uh, on top of all of
0: it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, what what I, movie was that again? The second one. That was the second one. Oh, the
0: second I was thinking it was um, the most recent, like, the Conjuring film we were watching. Uh, one of the Conjuring films oh where they had god. that whole underground.
1: The, the yeah, the devil made me do it. Or yes, it was the devil made me do it. Dog that shit was, movie.
0: Oh my god! Dog but, shit movie. No, but seriously, like, and another thing too is, okay, if this whole housing development, this is another breakdown. If it was built on a graveyard, why were none of the other houses haunted? Were they just all drawn to Carolan? Asking don't, too many, that's many questions. A, yeah.
2: that's what so, I'm saying. So like the one plot of land,
1: Caroline being. Born into the house is what, like, caused the the spirits to, like, the the, the the this is total headcanon. This is what we always do on this show. But, like, I mean, the, my, they, they kind of pulled a thing in this movie where they did, like, the prophecy, where basically when you die, you don't immediately go on. You kind of have to wait for your time to, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost like the Beetlejuice thing. It's like, take a ticket and wait, yeah. and wait for the light to appear. And they were waiting for their light, and Carol Ann was born, and they got distracted and missed yes. their opportunity.
0: You know what they That's needed? What they,
2: so no, other kids were born in this eight-year window, either. In Not in the that, house. That's the weird thing. <laughs> yeah. That, and
0: how many pa- parents had their kids in the fucking hey, home? This lady was crazy.
2: I'm just, I'm just <laughs> asking some reasonable questions. Uh, you
0: know, I, what they really needed was, and they lacked it, and this would have prevented the ghost from getting lost or the poltergeist, But they needed the handbook for the recently deceased. That was true. That, that reads like stereo everything. instructions. Yes, but you know what? Whatever. <laughs> they got a lot of time. What else are they going to do? Here's some literature.
2: Yeah, but, it, that's, yeah it go for
1: it <laughs> I was just gonna say it you're, you're right like it I mean the only the only argument you can make is like maybe Joe Beth Williams was and this is going way out there to give this movie more credit than it ever deserves on this part is that she was such a hippie that she was like I'm gonna have a you know at- home birth you know and and she's the only one that did that yeah the, but the there's nothing
2: there's nothing other than her smoking weed that supports that yeah there's know, nothing exactly, in her mannerism <laughs> as a parent that supports that 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 that, that Well, that it was technically storyline.
0: her third child, and I hear by that point they're literally falling out. Hence, well, the, We've already
2: discussed that was happening with her. Yes. I mean, she's a little, you
1: know, loose. The so. hole
0: in the wall was her gaping hole. It was a representation, and just like things passed through there, well, fucking Carol Ann just passed right through right. her.
1: Are you, tr- are you trying to say that the vortex, the end of the movie, that were the... Uh, it was her the, vagina. The, the, like the the thing was coming out of the vortex was her umbilical cord trying to pull her children back into the womb. Is that like a, a metaphor you're trying to make? Hey,
0: it worked. And she came out covered <laughs> in... They had to the break through of the fucking... They did have the
1: placenta. That yes. is true. They See, really did have
2: that. I looked at it a little different. I looked at the closet was her mouth, and then the living room was her asshole. And whatever got consumed, <laughs> got shitted out. Came right out. Oh... <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Analogies, we are full of them here on Death Holler.
1: <laughs> but uh, what were you going to say, now about the, the whole situation, about the, the birth and all
2: that? It's just the, to, to try down, to try to run that storyline coherently, that, that the whole idea she was born there. And then when she was born there, on that one piece of property, almost 100% of the graves that were there were all in rest. Like, they weren't better off <laughs> running it as, like, one bad spirit. And then at that point, you 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 can give a little more tangible framework of the story you're trying to put together.
0: Uh, in Mexican world, it, it to me it makes sense because there was one huge bad spirit. And shockingly, in lore, a lot of spirits are drawn to that bad spirit because of the energy it has. Usually a big bad, which there was in this film, is drawn to the energy usually of a child or somebody that is sensitive to that kind of thing. Now, whatever reason, people can be sensitive to you know, the the supernatural for any reason. Yeah, but... They play Carol Ann as being supernatural for, I don't know, whatever reason. It could be simply just because she's a child. But
2: then you have to disregard the entire subdivision full of other kids.
0: Yes, but, like, are they not sensitive or are they just not as vulnerable? See,
2: they could have framed this way better as a developing subdivision and only three houses are currently built on yeah. that subdivision. So it's very limited. Then you could have made all the houses experiencing weird stuff and then made the central operations happened at their location but at that part, but at that point now you have a giant amount of framework to get loose with the story.
0: Well, this is how I'm explaining why it only no, happened at one I, house, because I, of that one big bad that was drawn to that one little girl, and all the spirits are like, okay, there's energy. We don't know that we necessarily like it, but there's energy over here because they're lost. They're fucking stupid. Like, they don't know what the fuck is going on.
2: I, I don't have a problem when the story gets loose with the idea, but you can't try to be consistent and then be immediately inconsistent. The
0: 80s and I mean, literally, if they had gone with the Indian burial ground, it would make so much more sense. Because spirits well, were a big thing.
1: I was going to say if we go by *Poltergeist* two, which doesn't help this movie at all, if you're <laughs> just going by its own internal logic. But I'm just throwing this out there. As convoluted as it is, they do explain in the second movie that Carol Ann is is the third in a series of psychics. That her grandmother was a oh, psychic. Oh, yeah. Her mother's it's actually a psychic, and she is a psychic.
0: Okay, so that's why they would be. That's why the spirits would be drawn to her, especially a big yes. dad. Yeah. They, almost, they can almost channel through them. It's like she's a fucking that, TV but, with antennas. But
1: that is not, you can't use that logic for this movie though because that was added on after the fact. Yeah, like you can't, but thing,
0: you know. yeah, it, it is after the fact. They didn't fix it in this film. It sounds like they tried to fix See, it. This is a
2: problem when I get to watch movies. Sometimes I get way too in the rational apparatus <laughs> I know. of it.
0: Yes, and, and that's fine because a lot of people do, especially people that do film reviews, but I like to call myself blissfully oblivious I don't look too hard into it. Let and me I disregard
2: just, all the facts and get right yeah, to the so like, storyline.
0: I enjoy the films at the end of the day, most of them anyway. So. Um,
1: it didn't attract that much for me honestly because I just let it go but I, I I agree with noah like I mean there's so much like mental hurdles you have to jump to get this thing to work out for why it targeted that one house and that one girl I mean like you know I mean outside of the psychic thing
0: it's just like religion there was one woman in the Christian religion that was targeted to be dare you. the mother you and the all Holy these mother. other things that go along Do with you it. want
2: our house haunted you better shut your <laughs> whore mouth.
1: <laughs> so so i gotta ask you this since we're on the religion thing where was, was zelda rubenstein when she because we've not got to her yet but we're going to when she's introduced and she said she mentions the beast that's why i said earlier about we have put satan behind us mostly mm-hmm. or is she insinuating that the beast is is the devil like that's who the other big bad is
0: i mean i didn't i didn't get that from this i just got that it was a really negative energy
2: well yeah she was just fast and loose with that with that idea well, she was,
0: yeah but i mean and so i don't know because uh, we talked about what what the devil spends his time on and i don't see the devil spending his time on a burial ground that got you know we all know the development we over all
2: it. know the devil is into watching porn and he's consumed greatly with that
1: but we also talked about how the devil spent seven years trying to collect the soul of a dirt farmer In, you know, New Hampshire. So, I mean, he's got time on his hands.
0: That was back. Why you got to bring up old shit? Okay, but he moved on because then he only came up for souls like Constantine. So, he learned. Okay, you got to learn what souls are worth it.
2: The 20%. But he hadn't learned learned by the 80s. I mean, come on. No,
0: he, he learned by the 90s.
2: Yeah, the, 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 the 6,000 or like, I mean, 20,000 years of human history prior to that, you know, can't use that as any type of track record.
0: We're not talking about that. We're not talking about old shit. We're talking about yeah. the 90s up until this point.
1: Which, which, to be fair to, you know, the devil and Daniel Webster, or Daniel Webster, that they didn't imply that the devil just waited for him specifically. He was probably working other, you know, souls oh, yeah, at the true. same time. You know, yeah, but he could but basically
2: teleport. <laughs> that movie was a good movie. I mean, the, the the devil and Daniel Webster was a good movie. Yeah. It I is. like it. It's, uh, <laughs> we
0: like the portrayal of the devil. We I, definitely. I
2: thought the story arc was good. That the, the accountability of human nature was good. There was a lot of things that...
0: You were pretty upset by the mansion burning down.
2: Well, I, I thought it was just a waste of capital. I mean, redeployment would have been way better. Sounds but, like something
0: the devil would say.
2: But I'm saying, even, but I'm just saying though, like that movie did a good job of, because that was more of an understanding human nature movie. Exactly, exactly. It, yeah, it gave you a lot of framework about how to understand people.
1: Yeah, and basically the pitfalls that you know, uh, you know, actual fortune and fame can bring to you if you if you don't have a good you know. Ethical side to you to begin with, that which is my biggest argument against. Like which we brought up, the the wife in that one standing by Jabez through the whole entire movie because he he let himself. I mean, I, I know that that stuff can affect you, but he let himself become you know affected by the fame and the fortune and all that and become the terrible person that he did. If, if, if he could have, I mean, he he could have had all that and still been good to the people around him. Oh, if easily, he had good, easily, yeah. It's power corrupts. <laughs> absolutely yeah um but as far as this movie goes with the the whole you know caroline we're, we're just going to accept the movie logic that the, the beast was there and maybe the beast was targeting caroline and the the i don't know whatever the, the the lost souls were attracted by the light for some reason from all over the graveyard from all and and specifically to her for whatever reason
0: hey it was like monsters <laughs> inc okay like the energy that a child scream Produces which she didn't really scream in this film, but you know he was in the closet just like Monsters Inc. and they scare because they care. <laughs> uh,
1: the researchers in this movie claim that uh, going back to what Noah said, you know the the mouth and the asshole, uh, <laughs> you know analogy. Uh, they claim that since there's a physical entrance, there must be a physical exit within the house for the vortex. What so goes if there in is mouth, must there go is an out. Ugh. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it just, it makes good sense. It just yeah. How can you dispute that? Yes. Um,
2: yeah, technically, the, 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 <laughs> the, the inner space, would be, which would be the small intestines, is the movie, which is also a metaphor where a majority of the people died that were attached to the movie their genre.
1: Well, it, that's actually interesting you say that because, you know, going back to that whole, like, that scene, that vortex at the end with, with the thing snaking out, that could look like an intestine. If you really wanted yeah. to look that way, and that and that looked like the belly of the beast, so that really does tie into what you're saying quite curse, a bit. Yeah. Honestly, it's
2: it's a metaphor. Of the curse related to the movie.
0: <laughs> oh Lord, it is. Um, I mean, no, it. it life's doesn't make sense. like
2: a circle. <laughs> <laughs> a circle of life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it goes um, round and round. There's.
1: There's a time around this that you got the stake moving and then you got the face ripping scene, which a lot of people remember the face ripping scene. It's the most horrific thing in the movie. It's, it's so the cool. It stands out. I thought it was an awesome it, it's, yeah. it's an It stands up. I mean, as bad, as shitty as those uh, special effects
2: were with the stuff cycling around the room,
1: this made up for it because yeah. this scene See, stands the test I, of time. I, I it loved, works.
2: I love that feel, of cosmic horror. That's what that came off as, of, like a cosmic horror scene where the inner workings just completely disintegrate and you're you're... You're in this weird area that it's not reality, but you don't know if that's true or not. Like, I thought it was awesome when you yeah. were ripping his face off. Yeah, and
0: then it, the fact that he, like, came to, and he's like, holy shit, what just happened? Like, that's how poltergeists fucking allegedly work, so.
2: Yeah, and the best is the guy didn't even want to come back. He's like, I'm not coming back to that house. Well, which was
0: probably <laughs> smart on us, and because those tend to be vulnerable people that get affected the most.
2: And this scene is the
1: most uh, imitated scene in pop cu- uh, pop culture of Ev any in the movie. I mean, that face ripping scene has been like parodied in like a million different things. I it's mean, been it, recycled you know, or, or or referenced.
2: Well, you know what got me? I'm kind of curious. I didn't do any research on it. Cause, so the thing came out in '82, right? Yes. So yes. the thing got bastardized in the in the in the movie area in the movie critics um, sphere. Over the, especially oh, amongst our, our favorite person, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, know, <laughs> over the over the gratuitous horror of the movie, but they missed the entire story arc and how amazing it was. Are
0: you talking about the gore in the film? Yes. Okay. They
2: got they they, they trashed it over that. They're like yeah. it's over the top. And but it, yeah. it, also okay. looked but good. it so, is a completely amazing allegory about oh like Cold War, huge. you know,
1: United States versus and Soviet. I, that, you you know. don't
2: know who. Yeah, you don't know who the bad guy is. It, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're sleepers, is what it is. It's an, it's a huge allegory to that. But the thing is, okay, so what was Siskel and Ebert's take on the Poltergeist, which had a way um, more flawed storyline and had an over the top gratuitous gratuitous horror scene too?
1: So I, I watched this. Siskel hated it. He said that it was a uh, too much fluff. There was the story wasn't coherent. So he was making the argument you made. Uh, Ebert actually he liked it. It was middle of the road. He said that it was enjoyable. He said that the uh, special effects were well done. And he said that it was a I think he might even argue maybe a good family film.
0: <laughs> I mean, I guess, for, yeah. For
2: that era. Yeah,
0: to watch horror to introduce your kids <laughs> to horror. I, yes. Yeah. It's a really good, which is probably why our kids fall asleep. They're like, This is bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah, my my kids were like, uh, whatever. Snooze I mean, fest. Yes. They're
0: like, Oh man, this yeah. is so slow.
2: it, it needs to be but, something that grips them.
1: But I want to throw something out there. This goes back to what the question marks I kept putting up behind Toby Hooper. The face ripping scene is the only scene in this movie that in the state that's moving through there that I feel like uh, to- that were Toby Hooper like actual like him. I think that's the only thumbprint he has in this movie at at all, like yeah. or whatsoever. This movie is completely, totally like ninety nine point nine percent. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. I, oh, very much. Bait me on that. It, it, it very <laughs> much mean, feels like that.
0: <laughs> Prove me wrong. It's
1: so much so that Steven Spielberg actually got in trouble because he was he was contractually obligated under a different company, I think Universal, to make ET, and he was it said in his contract, "You will not make any other movies while you were making this." He specifically went and got Toby Hooper and said, "Hey, you make this other movie, Poltergeist, because I want to make this movie." A lot of people think it's because he didn't want his, uh, you know, his brand to be, you know, like a scary movie or anything like that. It's really just because he was, you know, he wanted to make both of them at the same time, and he needed somebody to basically be a stand-in. Zelda Rubinstein has went on record as saying that Toby Hooper had nothing to fucking do with this movie whatsoever. He was basically a yes man every time that Steven Spielberg walked on set. It was like yes sir, yes sir. What do you want done in this scene? Yeah, no, that sucks.
2: You know what would have been awesome? Now that I think about it, if they took the idea of the thing and they used ET as a launching alien for it, and made it, oh my God. and made it with kids, like kids that are that get infected and they they, they replicate it.
0: Wow. Quick
1: quick tangent. Do you you know that's the reason that John Carpenter is so cynical and so disillusioned is that he made such an amazing movie and that it got overshadowed by another fucking alien movie the same year he made it and it was fucking E.T. That is the literal inception of his hatred is this time period.
2: That's awesome because it made John Carpenter put out a ton of awesome stuff. One of my one of one of my favorite things horror movies he did that's it's I don't know if people have seen it and it's pretty it flies kind of low on the radar is uh body bags, oh man, oh, That's
0: an yeah. old yeah. old classic,
2: yeah, that's an awesome because I like I like horror movies that are small, and and knock the punch. And that's a perfect one because it takes three different horror ideas. I think it's three, uh, three or four. I forgot what it was. Yeah,
1: it's it's a tr- it's one of those trilogy anthology movies. But that, they're that, all that really, they're all
2: really done awesome short horrors. Like you, you. I don't know if you short ever... horrors. Yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you've ever watched like I watch with my kids all the time. I watch the Alter series on YouTube. So Alter does nothing but these small little fifteen minute horror flicks. I don't know if you've ever caught them. They're amazing, dude. They're hell good. Ru- uh, i need to check them out i've never heard of them yeah so if you jump on youtube and type in "alter," it's spelled like you would think it's it's amazing 15 minute horror movies but they're really really well done they're small little independent films that people make yeah they're then,
0: really good too a lot of a lot of storyline in the short amount of time and it gets to the point but it also punches
2: hard yeah like, and it boom, has a really good, good
0: but it has good story it doesn't just rush through things which is crazy
1: well, that's the thing though like i mean even stephen king proved this i mean you know like the short um, horror short stories can deliver exactly what you need, even like a social commentary within just like a few pages. Yeah, he, I mean, he's known for his novels that are like way too long and, you know, the endings are usually shit. But his short story writing is fantastic and, and a lot of horror is like that. So, I mean, it makes sense that short films would work the same way. Yeah, I think
2: Alter has like, they, they have like four years of, of movies. In each movie, they put like a couple movies out a month. So you could sit down and make a whole weekend, a couple weekends of just watching these all day long, and they're good because they're so different. Every one is a hundred percent different, so you don't ever have these things where you feel like you've watched it before. It's always some kind of you don't know. You don't know if there's going to be a twist. You don't know all the complex mechanisms because they're so diverse. It's like a giant decentralized horror movie, uh, true like um, um, analog. It's pretty awesome, man. You you'd have a fun day of just spending the time. Do you have you do you have do you have YouTube on your TV at all, like an app built into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's a good day to sit with your old lady and just watch nonstop horror movies, <laughs> if she likes them. She does. If she yeah, that's yeah, perfect. Does, then. So
0: they're both uh, horror whores.
2: Yeah, like like usually like once or twice a week, I'll sit down with my kids and we'll watch one at night, watch one or two because there's they have so many now. It's because they've been doing it for years.
0: They're gripping, if you will, because the kids are like their eyeballs are glued. My son's reacting, like, ooh, the usual. Oh, yeah,
2: losing his mind, covering his face. Go there and yank the blanket (laughs) off his head. You're going to watch it.